Good morning. I was reflecting back this last week on the blessings of God. And I'm going to be speaking to you today about the fact that uh, you are blessed. There are times we don't see those blessings and there are times when we don't receive the blessings that God has laid out before us. I was thinking of this church and how blessed you really are as a church and I am as a a church, because I'm part of this body. I was reminded of the fact that uh, there are some things I thank God that he didn't call me to. I was thinking of Justin, he's downstairs with 30 kids, and I thought, thank God that's not my calling. (laughs) But he's blessed, and they're blessed for that. And then I was reflecting back on the last three services that we had. Uh, Your pastor, Doug, he preached and he made a powerful, powerful statement. He talked about how that uh, the movie that he had watched and he said everybody's going to die but not everybody will live. And I was reminded, I was reminded of the fact that That really is why Jesus came, was that we might find life in him, that we might not just live so many years, but that we might, we might really live. And then Brad, he preached and he prayed for those in leadership and and I thought, Lord, what a challenge, what a challenge that is. And I wanted to ask you a question today. Who is it that you look up to? In other words, spiritually, if you would choose a person that you would look to and say that person has been a good example and God has used that person in my life to bless me and if I really am in a tight spot, that's the person person I would go to and that's the person I'd pray for or have them pray for me. And, and when, I was, when I was pondering that, I was reminded of the fact that whoever that person is, that's the person you need to pray for. Brad, he made it so clear that those in those kind of positions, they sit on the front line, and the enemy literally will attack them because he does not want them to be a blessing in your life and in my life. I was reflecting in my own life those that God has used to help mold and shape my life. And I wish as a young man I would have understood this factor in the fact that they're human just like I am and just like you are, and those are the ones that we need really to lift up in prayer. And then Ben, he preached such a powerful, powerful message, worshiping in the Spirit. And I really believe that this church, that what our cry is from our heart, is that every time we gather that the Spirit of God will make himself known in that service and will speak to us in a specific, specific way. 
putting priorities where they ought to be is not always easy. Praying for those who God has put in our lives isn't always easy. We get so busy with life itself that sometimes we fail to lift others up because we not only are blessed, but we are called to be a blessing one to another. I have received God as my Savior, and I have received the blessing of those that God has used to help develop my life. But I also have been reminded of the fact that God wants to use me to be a blessing also to other people. There are four people I want to talk about this morning that were very, very, very special to God. God viewed them in a very special way. Abraham, it says that he was one who believed God and, and God counted him as righteous and called him a friend. God looked at Abraham, who was called Abram at the beginning, but he looked at him as somebody who there was a personal tie and a relationship, and God called him a friend. Can you imagine what it would be if God would say, hey, there's my friend down there. We spend time together. We go through battles, and I'm always there for him, but he leans on me. There's, there's, there's my friend. And then we find that there was another man that, in the Bible that, that God actually bragged on, and that was Job. Matter of fact, he's bragging, God is bragging on Job, and he's speaking to Satan, and it says, then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless man, an upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? Can, can you see the connection between God and Job? And then there's another man that I look at, and it was Paul. Paul was something of a real sinner before he came to God. He, he did as much damage to the kingdom as he knew how to do. But his life was turned around. He met Jesus on the Damascus Road, and his life was turned around, and God began to pour himself through him. And it's out of the 27 books of the New Testament, Paul wrote 13 of them. God and him were connected. The connection that you and I have is so important. That connection that we have with God, being a friend of God. And then I find in the New Testament, and this takes us in as that fourth one, it says here in the 15th chapter and the 14th and 15th verse, it's speaking of us. It says, you are my friend, speaking of us, if you do whatever I command you. And what it's saying is that not only those in the Old Testament and the New Testament with, with Paul 
could have that special relationship with God, but the beauty is that you and I are not limited. We can also, through the Holy Spirit, have that same personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. It's not always easy to follow God. There are so many things in life that can pull us back and pull us down. Matter of fact, with Abraham, you look at his genealogy and and you look at what God is challenging him to do. Clear back in the 11th and 12th chapters of Genesis, we, we get a little picture of it. We find that in the 11th chapter, it kind of talks about where he came from and the the background that he had for his own life. The people that had molded and tried to shape his life because those that are around us rub off off on us, and they do have an impact on molding and shaping our lives. And this is a statement in the 11th chapter of Genesis that pretty well describes that culture describing those that were a part of Abram's life. And this is what they said. Of course, it deals with the, 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 um, the Tower of Babel. But the statement that they made that described them, it said, let us make a name for ourselves. Other words, what they were saying was, let our full effort be to live for me. Let us make a name for ourselves. Let us do whatever it is that we want to do, that we might live however we want to live. And God was pushed clear out of the picture. And you get into the 11th chapter, and then you go on into the 12th chapter, and we find that God is going to speak to Abram. And he's saying, I want you to leave that culture. I want you to put that culture behind you, and I'm going to challenge you to move into a new realm of living. In other words, you're not going to just live, but you're going to be alive. And God was challenging him, but I want you to remember one thing. Abram, Abraham, Paul, it doesn't make a difference if it was if it was Job, if it, whoever it was, they were all human beings and they all had their own specific battles that they had to fight in life. And Abram was chose of God. He was a friend of God. But he didn't hit a home run every time he stood up to bat. Matter of fact, there were times he struck out and he had to feel the remorse of his own shame and his own failure. Have you ever been there? Have you ever reflected into your own life and realized that no matter what your desire is for God, there are times when you don't match up to all that you really want to be? I want to talk about the Spirit of God. Matter of fact, these last few months, we've really been talking about the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God that can empower us and help us to live out our life the way we should. So we find that God is speaking now to Abram, and I want to turn into that 12th chapter of 
beginning there with that first verse, and I want to give you a little picture of what what is really happening in his life, the challenge, the call, the mission. God asked at times hard things. I don't believe it was easy for Abram to follow God and head toward Canaan to leave his family behind and that culture behind. He had human ties just like you and I have. He was a human being just like you and I are. But I want us to picture it in our own mind. Now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. And make your name great, and I like this part, and you shall be a blessing. Matter of fact, I I will bless those who bless you. I'll curse those that curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Through you, through you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Can I tell you that's your purpose? That's what God's purpose is, that you might be a blessing to other people. I mean, that is your call that God has put on your life and on my life, that we might be a blessing, that we might not be a curse to other people, that we might not tear them down, but that somehow through our life and our relationship with God, that we might be able to build others up. I mean to show people that no matter where they have come from and no matter where their background is, that God has hope and he has a path for them. And he wants them to not just live. He wants them to have life. Can I I tell you, we need to be careful that we are a blessing and not a curse to someone. You know, there are some individuals that if you follow them, they're going to lead you in a bad place. If you pick up their lifestyle, they're going to lead you in a bad place. They're going to lead you in a bad place. And there are some people that you feel safe with. I mean, if I follow their example, they they may be human and they may have made a lot of mistakes and they've had their own battle with the devil, but if I... If I follow their example, I, I just want you to know they're going to lead me in a good place. The Jews and the Gentiles alike were going to be blessed because of Abram or Abraham is who he became. 
of course, Jesus came, he took, was a Jew and all of that, but, but, but here it's saying that, that not only the Jews, but the whole earth is going to be blessed because through you, the Messiah is going to come. And the Messiah will not come just for the Jews, but he'll be coming for everyone. And those of us who are Gentiles, we'd really become spiritual Jews. I believe in generational blessings. I believe in generational blessings. With Abraham, God was saying from generation to generation, because you're obeying me and walking with me, there are going to be blessings that are going to come down and it's going to touch the whole world. And of course, that was through Christ and who he was. Generational blessings. I know more than once our daughter has gone through some very, very trying times. And there are times in our lives when things just look dark, don't they? I mean, you can be a Christian, but there are times when the sun is kind of hiding its face behind the cloud. It's not that the sun isn't there, but it's hiding its face behind the cloud. And I remember over and over again, I would tell my daughter, you're blessed. You have the hand of God on you. You have God's blessings on you. I believe that. We, we judge things as we see them today. And we judge things according to time. If we pray a prayer and that prayer is not answered in our time frame, we get pretty shook up. And if God doesn't work the way we think he should work, we get pretty shook up. But God is not limited to time. And he is not limited to circumstances. He is the one that literally threw the stars in their place. He is God and he's bigger than whatever it is, whatever cloud you're under. Matter of fact, as I was preparing this message, it's like the Lord spoke to me and says, you can't judge things according to how you see things. You can't judge things according to how you see them. There are times in our lives when it looks like the devil is winning. There are times in our life when we look through our human eyes, it looks like the enemy is winning. But let me tell you, Jesus is winning. And you, you are in his hands, and he came that you might be blessed. And generation to generation, God will pour those blessings out. I was looking back at uh, my own family, where I came from, and, and I mean the devil has battled the Atterberries, for sure. 
I remember my, my grandfather, of course, I wasn't there. I got it secondhand. But I remember my grandfather, he was a preacher. My grandmother was a better preacher than my grandfather. <laughs> but but they, were, they were serving God, and the enemy came, and, and he will at times. And it seemed like that, that darkness fell, and it looked like that there was going to be no generational blessings that would come from their life. My grandmother, her health failed. My grandfather, he got discouraged and he fell away from God and the church. My grandmother was in the hospital and then she was at home and she was bedfast for, for seven years. Her kids, my dad, my uncle, my, my, they, they, they were all put into an orphanage. I mean, it looked like everything was falling apart, and it looked like the devil was winning. There would be no generational blessings that would come out of that. There's one statement that I wish that you could remember today, and that is, Whatever you're going through, don't count God out. Don't count him out. Their marriage fell apart. They were divorced. Kids in an orphanage. Grandmother is in bed and she can't get up. She can't do for herself. Now, grandmother stayed in the church. Grandfather, he strayed away, and whatever he was doing, I don't probably want to know. But, but, but grandmother stayed in the church, and there were some ladies one day that, that came by the house and gathered around her bed, and they wanted to pray for her. And they began to pray and Grandma tells the, told the story, I heard it. She said, as I was laying there on my bed, she said, I thought I was dying. She said, it seemed like I looked up and I saw the Lord. And he was coming down toward me and I thought I'm going home. And then it seemed like he would come down and I would go up and he would come down and I would go up. And finally I reached out and I touched him. And she got up out of that bed that she had got out of for seven years. She got up and they had a picture of her in the paper at an ironing board. Wow. Yeah. yeah. If that would have been a man that had a picture of him sitting around the table eating a meal. <laughs> but the woman, she's out there working, you know, you're up seven years, you haven't been doing any ironing, you better get to it, girl. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, you can't count God out. I can remember the miracle that God did when my grandfather came back to the Lord. He was up now, up toward his 70s. And I remember I was in that service. 
And, and I, I can remember when the pastor was going to close the service and the Holy Spirit had just come all over him, conviction. And he stopped the pastor and he said, could you, could you sing a hymn in closing this morning? And as they were singing the hymn, he went forward. They, he, he asked for his own invitation song. And he came back to the Father. I, I can remember, I can remember, now not many of you can do, say, say this, I can remember attending my grandparents' wedding. I mean, God is still God, isn't he? What, 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 what Satan means for evil and what we look at as impossible, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. I can remember, I can remember my father because of what he had gone through. He became pretty bitter, had been in an orphanage, and it wasn't a good one at all. He wanted nothing to do with God. He wanted nothing to do with the church. He told his mom, he said, I want nothing, nothing, nothing to do with that life at all. One thing he did tell me one time, he said, but nobody ever seen me when I was alone. He said, I acted, I acted pretty tough when I would talk to my mom, but he said, nobody's seen me when I was alone. And I was in the service when my mother and my father bent their knee at the altar and gave their life to Jesus Christ. Can I tell you that God still has the ability to pick us up wherever we're at and pour blessings into our lives? Pour blessings. Pour blessings into our life. God not only will forgive us but he'll take some bitterness that we sometimes have in our life and some of the hurts that are defeating us. And God has a way of taking those and giving us victory over them. We, we have a tendency in life to run from God instead of run toward him. We have a tendency to fight the very thing that will make us whole. We have a tendency to fight against the very thing that will give us victory. There are times when it looks like the devil is winning and you say, where are the generational blessings? I remember my mother she was in the hospital. She was 32 years old, dying of cancer. And she really struggled over her boys. She really struggled. Matter of fact, when the doctor told her she was going to die, and the first words out of her mouth were, my boys, my boys. Looked pretty dark. Who's going to take care of my boys? Where's those generational blessings that... I mean, I want to be a part of being a blessing. And that where, 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 where are they at? Does it look like the devil is one again? 
before she went on to heaven, God gave her a victory. She committed both my brother and myself to the Lord. And God has taken care of us. God has been good to us. She left a strong, strong, strong testimony of her faith as she crossed the line of worlds. I want to talk to you today about the fact that we don't always see them, but there are blessings that God has put out there for us, and we just don't see them. And one of the saddest things is there are times when we just don't claim them. I remember uh, we got a call here a while back. It's been quite a while back now that Karen's cousin, he was, they, we got a call, he was dead. Uh, and so we were in the middle of a revival. And um, so we jumped in the car and we told the evangelist, we're, we got to go, I her cousin has died, and, and he was alone, and her, my Karen and her sister were going to go and try to help put things together because he, he really didn't have any family. We're, we're, we get from North Platte, we get about to Ogallala, and we get a phone call, and the phone call is, Dale's not dead. <laughs> How do you deal with that one? Matter of fact, uh, Karen's sister was out in the garage trying to figure out how to get in the house and because she had and looked around and there was Dale. <clears throat> and the, the, the evangelist, he had, he had fun with that one. That was his message, Dale's not dead. You know, I mean, who knows? But, but, what, I, but what I'm saying is that, that he went through some hard times and, and he was trying to take care of himself and some other issues, but but in the whole process of that, he had had a lot of damage to his house. I mean, they had had hail, and the hail wasn't taken care of, and he had got up there and put a tarp on there, and and the squirrels got in, and decay got in, and the roof was going, and it just and and he didn't feel like he had the money to. Uh, fixed the roof, and it just went downhill, downhill, downhill. And uh, we were trying to help Dale a little bit, and I went through some paperwork, and I got a hold of the insurance man, and I told him what was happening. We had had an adjuster out there on the roof, and the adjuster assured us that the, the root problem was the hail, but then other things came along behind it. And he'd lived with that mess for several years, and it just kept getting worse. And the insurance man told me, he said, he said, with the technology we have today, he said, I can literally tell you when you had hail. And so he, and I thank God for him, he, he did that work, and he knew exactly because of the weather patterns and all, he knew exactly when hail had happened in that community right there on that house. And the insurance man told me, he said, it's something. He said, uh, Dale has one of the old policies. 
Now, he said the new policies don't work this way, but he said, he said there is a timeline, and you've got about two months yet in that, but he said there is a timeline with that old policy that that whole thing is going to be covered by insurance, about $25,000. Dale, Dale had the insurance, but he never turned in the claim. And I want to say, spiritually speaking, you have the assurance. I mean, the blessings are there. Jesus died on the cross for you. He paid the price for you. And he has generational blessings that are waiting for you to just cash in on them. And we did. I mean, they came out. They did the roof. They, they had to... They had to put new sheeting on. They had to do all of those things. But they fixed the problem because he accepted the insurance that was already there. He put the claim in. And I want to say this to you today. What is it that's hanging over you? The blessings are there. The price has been paid. From generation to generation, the blessings have been put, passed down from generation to generation. I was reflecting again back to my own family when it looked like way back there when grandma and grandpa divorced and grandma was, grandma was in her bed, on the bed, and grandpa was out doing whatever he was doing, it looked like that those generational blessings would never be passed on down through the family line to us. But I got blessed. I was thinking about later in life, it was later, but my dad, he went into ministry. My, my brother went into ministry. I went into ministry. My son is in ministry. My, my brother's son, Richard, is in ministry. And Tracy is married to a preacher. Can, can, can I tell you, can I tell you that what the devil wants to stop, God wants to promote? What the devil wants to stop, God wants to promote. And the windows of heaven are open for everyone who will receive the blessings of God. The windows of heaven are open for everyone who will receive those blessings. My brother, when he was dying with cancer, I would talk to him almost every day during that process when he would do the chemo and when he was going through all of that. And he left one of the strongest testimonies of his walk with God as anybody I have ever known. God did take care of mother's boys. God did take care. And that isn't an easy thing. And I want to close with this here this morning. I don't know as I was preparing this message, I was thinking that, that there's somebody 
and I think more than one, to be honest, that you're under a cloud. And with whatever it is you're facing, whatever it is that's over you, that whatever, whatever that dark point is in your own life, there are times when you pray and you don't hear much from God. And you just wonder, does Jesus care? I mean, does he really care about me and what I'm going through, my battle, my struggle? The name of the song is, Does Jesus Care? Yes, he cares. When the long nights are weary, I mean, when you go through those kind of things, I just want you to know Jesus cares. And I've asked Brian if he would lead us in that this morning. I want you to stand. And I want you to do something. If you feel free, you can stay where you're at in your seat if you want to. But I, 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 want to, I, I felt impressed to just pray a prayer, a special prayer, over some that are going through a long night of darkness and you just need to know that Jesus cares and Jesus is in charge and what the devil meant for evil God means for good would you lead us in that Brian if you'd like to come and just stand in front of the church that's okay if you want to stay where you're at that's okay Okay.
Our Father, this is our time with you this morning. And Lord, we recognize that in reality, we're all a very needy people. We think of that song, we can't even walk unless you would hold our hand. We understand, Lord, how weak we are, but we also understand how strong you are. And we draw from you today We draw not only strength, but Father, we draw faith from you. For there are times when the enemy will come and battle us at the point of our faith. We've prayed a prayer and the answer has not yet come. And because we judge things by time, we we let the enemy beat us down, but we're reminded that you're not bound with time. You're just a God that is everlasting and everlasting. And then, Father, there are times because of us being human, we want to feel your love. We know you love us, but there are times when we want to feel your arms around us and we want to feel your love. We want to know, Father, from your touch that you really care. We want you to touch our spirit and lift our spirit. And maybe that's where we're at today. We, we just want to receive from you encouragement. We want to receive from you strength. We want to receive for you, from you strength for the battle. Because there are times when the battle, Lord, gets pretty tough. But we are assured today that you care. And everyone that has stepped forward and everyone that's here today relates to this message in the fact that we need you, Lord. And we need to know that you're still blessing us no matter how it looks on the outside. We need to know, God, that your blessings are still falling down upon us when life isn't really going the direction we would like for it to go. And I'm praying, Father, for a a lift of faith today. I pray, God, for everyone that is here, there'll be a, a touch from your spirit on their spirit. I pray, Father, that the enemy with all of his lies and all of the discouragement that he tries to put in us, we pray, God, that he'll have to leave this place because this is a different environment. It's not a negative environment at all. It's an environment of victory. 
And so I'm praying today, Father, with everything that is inside of me, that your spirit will touch us this morning, that our spirits will be lifted because of you and your presence. And we're going to trust you even when we can't can't see it and we can't understand it. We know, Lord, that you reach way beyond our understanding. You just said have faith as a mustard seed and the mountains in your life, they're going to be taken care of. And then, Father, in closing for this group that is here today, I claim just total, total victory. I claim victory and rebuke all the discouragements that come upon us. In thy great name we pray. Amen and amen. You are dismissed. Bless you.